Imagine you, uh, you've come into town and you, uh, you've brought whatever it is you want to sell. You've uh, been days on the road traveling and eventually you get into the capital city. You're walking down the street and you hear this voice going, Repent! Repent! <laughs> and be baptized! What would go through your mind? <laughs> There's some crazy character. I'll take another route, maybe. Uh, eh? Would, would you do that? It's pretty much the scene in, uh, in the Middle East, also known as Israel. Many years ago, when there was a guy by the name of John the Baptist preaching to the masses and baptizing. And so as you turn the corner, like you can't avoid it because there's this queue of people waiting at the river. What the heck is going on? And so maybe you pause for a moment and you watch and you start to hear the message. You start to hear the, the truth that you need to repent. And like repent, that's like turn away from your sin. Turn away from my sin. Well, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> hey? I'm a good person. But as you start to hear the message, you start to suddenly realize, actually, I'm not such a good person. I've lived for myself. I've done things my own way. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes in and you go, oh my goodness, I need to change my life. I need to stop doing what I'm doing. I need to stop looking at my neighbor's wife with lust. I need to stop. Yeah, yeah, someone say, yeah, yeah. I need to stop stealing that extra 50 cents from the tax man. Suddenly realize that I've been doing things according to my own will, my own desire, and there's this conviction that comes. And that, that might be you, and in that moment, you find yourself as one in the queue getting baptized. There was no course on baptism. There was no lecture, no preach, no, you just, I, I need to get, that man says, I need to get baptized. And so I'm, I'm getting baptized, like I'm a sinner. And he's saying that when I get baptized, that my sins will be washed away. Like, and, and that was the message that was being shared. But when we look at it today with Jesus Christ and, and the story of Jesus getting baptized, how many of you have often wondered why did Jesus get baptized? I mean, Sully's baptism was for the sinner. I mean, John's message was a baptism of repentance. And a baptism, but I, I sat and I got stuck on it this week. I said, like, why did Jesus get baptized? He wasn't with sin. He was pure and spotless. Has, has anyone ever thought that? Or was it just me, Dad, like winking his, hey? Like, I was like, why did Jesus get baptized? He was pure. He was spotless. We have an answer. Let's hear an answer. He wanted to be an example. To receive the Holy Spirit. Hey, to fulfill scripture. Well, 
well, why don't we see what Scripture says why Jesus got baptized? And then it might, so let's stick up Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to, to John to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized. So you can imagine the moment. Jesus appears before John. John suddenly goes, hang on a sec. I know who you are. The Holy Spirit's revealed to me who you are. I don't need to get, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. It's like awkward moment. Like, yeah, like stalemate kind of thing. But Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Fulfill all righteousness. That is why Jesus needed to be baptized, to fulfill all righteousness. You know what that means? Anyone? Maybe Dan can answer it for us. To fulfill. To fulfill all righteousness, it means to complete the representation of what it means to be pure. To come? To say it again? To complete what it means to present as pure. To complete what it means to, to present as pure. But also, it also means to be obedient. To fulfill the righteousness of God so that Jesus was obedient. He was the example. And, and as I was studying this thing, and, I, and you know, I, I don't want to get too technical in, in terms of like, because I think sometimes we, we try and get too technical about baptism and we think, man, I really got to understand why I've got to be baptized. I've got to really understand what it means. And if I look at Scripture and I look at how it unfolded in the Bible, there was no sermon or no time period between someone getting saved and someone getting baptized. They repented and they were baptized. If we look at, the, if we look at what happened in the book of Acts, when Peter, pulled, Peter was preaching the gospel, maybe, did I put that scripture? Did I give you that scripture? I don't think I did. But Peter said, repent and be baptized. They, simple. And, and they baptized people right there and then. There wasn't like a, you know what, I've given my heart to Jesus now. Let me just go home and tell my wife, and I'd love for her to be here with me when we get baptized, or my kids. And actually, my great aunt's coming next week, so can we just put off the baptism until that happens, because she's coming as well, and we want to have a family affair. It wasn't, <laughs> it was an event. It was a moment when the Holy Spirit brought conviction that they needed, they needed Jesus, that, that, that something, something had happened, there was a realization that they were a sinner, and, and they needed to get baptized. They needed to get baptized. It was, it was something that they were quite familiar with, actually. Baptism was something that wasn't unfamiliar in Jewish culture. If we look at it historically, there was a number of ceremonies, washing ceremonies, going into rivers, getting kedup, getting dunked, getting washed, getting cleansed, getting cleansed. And so seeing someone standing on the side of the river baptizing people wasn't actually that un strange or different. Actually, if you came into Judaism, you would actually be baptized to be, to be made a Jew. If you were a, someone from another race or another nation, if you came into baptism, you would actually get baptized. So, but here's this message that John's presenting about repentance, washing of sins away. Like, what is he talking about? It's this new message. But the interesting thing, when he, when he recognizes Jesus, and there Jesus, he says, Jesus... I mustn't baptize you, you must baptize me. If we look at, if we look at all four gospel messages, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's an account of the baptism event in every single one of them. 
But one of the, one of the, I think it's John declares, he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Interesting, he's baptizing for repentance of sin, but then he suddenly has this moment where he says, actually, the only one that can take away your sin is Jesus Christ. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Baptism is one of those, I think, as, as I've over the years thought about it, I've listened to many preachers about it, I've mulled it over, I've always said to you guys, it's one of those symbolic, event, symbolic things that we do to, to just solidify what Jesus has done in our lives. And actually, it's more than just that. It's more than just a symbol. It's actually an event that happens. It's an event that happens in faith. It's an event that happens that when we do it, we actually have faith that as I've given my life to Jesus, as I've, firstly, as I've heard the gospel message that Jesus died for my sins and He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, as I've responded to Him, the next obvious step is that I need to get baptized because He, demand, he, he demands it of me. And also because He did it. He was the example. He did go. He was baptized. Yes, it was a moment at the start of his ministry and the Holy Spirit came down. I mean, you can imagine being there on the banks of the Jordan River watching this go down. Like suddenly there's this loud rumble in the sky. And I I wonder if everyone heard or was it maybe just John that heard? I don't know. Because, I mean, it's it's only mentioned really in John, I think. But anyway, maybe everyone heard the Holy this voice from heaven. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. What a life-changing moment. Suddenly, like, everyone, I'm getting baptized. Everyone suddenly go, jumps, can, me next, me next. Am I maybe a, well, a son that's, well, that's been well-pleased? I think we make so much just, like, baptism, it's, like, it's, it's, not a, it's not like this thing that needs to be like, whoa, we need to put it out there. Just be obedient and get baptized. I think we've made it this huge big thing of a ceremony that we've got to wait. And, and even for some of us have waited so long to get baptized. We actually, I don't see that in Scripture. I, I see guys repented and were baptized straight away. It's almost, it would almost seem that baptism is part of our salvation. Now, I'm not saying that you're not saved if you don't get baptized, because then you would say to me, oh, what about the thief on the cross? Because he never got baptized. He never went to church. I can be, Honestly, if the thief had been set free in that moment, guaranteed he would have got baptized. He just didn't get the chance. But I can guarantee if he had gone off that cross, the first thing he would have done, he would have gone and get baptized. Because the conviction was so strong on him that actually Jesus had saved me. So I don't think we can use that one as an argument. But I do, I do wonder if, if many of us short-circuit what God wants to do in our lives because we prolong baptism or because we wait for the family member to get saved so we can get baptized with them. And I, and I think even in the light of what I shared last week about those that obey the Word and are doers of the Word, not just hearers, this is one of those moments where God is speaking and saying, You've given your life to me. You've surrendered. You've repented of your sin. Now get baptized. Now get baptized because it's not just symbolic of what I've done. It's actually I'm going to do something even more. Because in that moment, going into the water, and you know it's interesting that water also has 
a lot, lot of meanings. But it, for me, when I think of water, the, the most um, resounding thing, water symbolizes life and death. Actually, with water, life. Without water, death. And it's funny how water is correlated with baptism because baptism is also something of a death that happens. We go into the water. There's a burial. It's like symbolizes the grave. But in that moment, you know, God washes our consciences clean. He clears us. He does something supernatural in the moment. And I think so often we just go, oh, just get baptized, da, 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 and we move on. But God does something. Do we have faith that in that moment that God does something in our hearts? Does something in our hearts. I've heard countless stories, and I've got a very personal story as well that I'd love to just share with you of what has happened with guys that have been baptized. So some of you have heard the story, but I went off to Malawi a number of years ago, and I was part of a team of missioning into the villages, and what we would always do, we'd go into a village with a local pastor, because his mission was to plant churches in villages, and we'd go, day one, we'd go and we'd share the gospel, and more than often, everyone would respond to the gospel. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, I need Jesus. Thank you. Like, you know, we, we do this thing, please put up your hand kind of thing. It's like such a Western thing to do. Please put up your hand and respond to Jesus. And they would. And then we would say, right, tomorrow we're coming again, and we're going to baptize you. Suddenly, the hundred that responded would shrink to five. Interesting. Every, honestly, it was every time I'd go there, you'd see all these, yes, we love Jesus, we, thank you, we're giving our hearts to Jesus, but okay, now we want to baptize you. Whoa, no, no, now you're talking something serious. And I realized that there was something in the cultures there that they knew the importance of baptism that I think we've lost, that we've lost, that there was a real conviction that actually I, that Jesus had forgiven me, and now I needed to go into the grave, get washed clean, come out and follow him. And so wherever we went and where people got baptized, we would always see time and time and time again, those people were still serving the Lord years to come. And there was one particular situation when we were baptizing guys. We had, obviously, we'd been in a village. We had responded. The chief of the village had responded. Now, he was getting baptized, which was like shocker of all shockers because now the chief's getting baptized. And we're baptizing these guys in this little river. There were no crocs or hippos. Don't worry. It was just a little creek, you know, and we were baptizing the guys. And while we're doing this, a crowd gathers, and they're looking at us. And suddenly, there's a bit of laughter on the other side of the river. And I'm like going, like they're just obviously mocking us. And I, one of the guys comes to me, and he says, hey, there's this lady here. She, she wants, she, she's a bit drunk. She's quite inebriated, and that's why they're laughing, because she's drunk, and she wants to get baptized too. So straight away, I'll go, hmm, dodgy.com, just don't you go deal with it. We, we're busy here. You go deal with it kind of thing. I said to one of the, so he goes off. A little bit later comes to me. He says, Chad, I know this is weird, but she's given her life to Jesus and she wants to get baptized. But she is a little bit inebriated and I think, but she, she's adamant she wants to get baptized. Okay. So talk to one or two of the other leaders. I think I was with Mike DeOfe as well. He was with me on that trip. And Mike, like I look at him, I say, Mike, what do you reckon? He says, man, no harm. She wants to get baptized. Let's baptize her. And so the crowd's laughing and pointing fingers and, te you know, teasing her. She comes. She gets baptized. And she comes out the water. And you can see something's different here. Something's happened. She's not so drunk anymore. Okay, something is weird. Something's, something's happened here. 
And we carry on encouraging the guys, and we, we go back the next day. She's there with us, and she's sitting listening to us preaching again, and, and, and then we go. And that's where the exciting part happens is because we went back a year later, but the local pastor that had been working into that village, he says, Chad, Chad, I've got to tell you something. Remember that lady that you baptized that was drunk? Well, she stopped drinking the moment she, she never touched alcohol again. She came out the water and never touched alcohol again. She was changed, and she started preaching the gospel. She actually started preaching the gospel in that village and started a little church. It's like, what the heck? And so they actually had to send a minister there and send a pastor there, and this little church was growing. From a drunk woman that had heard the message in that state, and, and she wasn't that drunk that she couldn't understand. I mean... She wasn't passed out kind of thing. She could still understand. And I, and I suddenly had this realization that actually something significant happens when we get baptized. Something significant happens when we get baptized. It's not just a symbolic thing. And often we say that it symbolizes us going into the grave. And yes, it does. It symbolizes us being buried with Christ. And yes, it does. It symbolizes us being resurrected again like Christ was raised out the grave. Yes, it does. But it's more than just a symbol. It's an event. It's an event that will change your life if you take it seriously. Because, you know, when there's a conviction in your heart, and if you don't respond to that conviction and obey, you're actually being disobedient. And so when there's a conviction to do something, you better follow it. Because it's not just your own image. It's the Holy Spirit speaking. You know, we talk about baptism being a, a moment of death, really, because we die and we come out the grave. But you know what? Who actually dies there? This, this flesh, the old self dies. Wait, I heard another story quickly before I go on. I actually, true story. So there was a, a guy that was a, a motorbiker, like hectic motorbiker, and <laughs> funny and hikeable, no motorbikers. <laughs> and he had Dick tattoos all over him, but on his chest he had this tattoo of the devil. And, uh, and he was quite, obviously he got saved, came to the Lord, and, and there was baptism. And he felt, you know, but I don't want to get baptized because I think in that movement they made everyone wear white. We don't do that, just so you don't have to come dressed in white to get baptized. And, and he was worried that as he would get baptized, the wet T-shirt or the wet white T-shirt would suddenly show the devil underneath him. So he went to the doctor, he went to the surgeon to see if he could have this tattoo removed. And the doctor said, yeah, we can, but it's going to leave a nasty scar. We can either burn it off and you'll have a nice big scar there for the rest of your life, or we can take some skin from your hip and we can do a skin graft over there. It was the days before they had this, this um, laser removal treatment. And so I thought, yeah, well, and it's going to cost a lot of money. And he's like, well, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. I need to get baptized. So he... He just said, you know what, it is what it is. And he went and got baptized. Do you know that as he went in the water, as he came up, that tattoo was gone? True story. True story. I'm not, this is not one of those urban myths. True story. Tattoo was gone. And so I think often when we think of baptism, we just think, man, I'm just doing something and I'm not being, and, and everyone's doing it. You know, even if everyone's doing it and we're going, that's okay. Is that okay? Well, actually, maybe it is okay to a measure because you've been obedient. And I'm doing it because 
I had the conviction, but I'm not sure whether I should do it now or maybe next time. But actually, the conviction is you need to do it. Just, just obey. Just obey. We don't have to get, you know, I, I, I think so often as Christians, we try and get our heads, I've got to get my head around this theologically. I've got to put all my ducks in a row. I can guarantee in the Bible, those oaks weren't getting all their ducks in a row. They were just, I need to get baptized. I need to get baptized. I'm being baptized. I'm, I'm baptized. And their lives would change because there was a simple, pure faith. I think we've complicated things too much. We have complicated things. We like, I need a, I need a teaching on baptism. I need a teaching. <laughs> I need to understand why. And ask all these questions. So does it do this? Or does it do that? Or what happened? And actually, if I look in the Bible, the oaks repented and they got baptized. And if we, we want to be a church that gets back to blueprint Christianity of how things were in the Bible, like can we do it as the Bible says? I'm going to trust. And you know what? We've got to trust that in that moment, yes, our souls are cleansed. There's a cleansing, a washing that happens. But actually, the old is left behind. The old habits are left behind. And so it's like, yes, we've surrendered to Jesus, but there's a, there's a death that happens. And I say death because you know that even, even the devil recognizes that's a death that happened. Another quick story. full of stories. I heard this story. It was quite a cool one. Two young boys grew up together. It's just for the sake of the story, George and John. And George and John grew up together. They, lo- they were good mates. They had a great upbringing, best of friends. And as they became teenagers, went their separate ways. George went on to seminary school, became a pastor, became, uh, became someone that led a church. I say it was George. And John went off the rails, like just totally, like turned his back on God, never, never, never gave his life to God, never surrendered. Now, this is, this is also a true story, okay? It's not just a, I heard it from David Pawson. He was sharing, I was listening to one of his preachers. He was sharing this, this story. And so, just to illustrate the point, and so, so John went off, never served the Lord, never gave his life to Jesus, went off. And so years later, he, said, he thought, man, I want to reconnect with my mate. I wonder what George is up to. And so he tried to get hold of him, couldn't get hold of him. And so in his worldly state, and all he knew, he went to a spirit medium to ask her. Now, I'm not saying you need to go to spirit mediums, but this guy who was unsaved, didn't know Jesus. That's all he knew. Maybe the, the spiritist will tell me where my friend is. And so he went and sat there with this medium, and she said, man, all I see is a park and a green door. And, you know, there's like, like this weird kind of thing. But your, but your friend, I see his death certificate. He's dead. He's dead. So he thinks, oh, no, no, he can't be dead. He needs to find his friends. So anyway, he goes on this mission. He find, goes to, I think it was in London, goes, finds all, the, finds all the, 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 the suburbs around, parks kind of thing. And, he, and there's, there's a greenhouse. I mean, it was this green painted house. Goes, and he finds this greenhouse on this, opposite this park, which what the spirit medium told him. He goes and knocks on the door, and his friend opens the door. He's like, oh, my hat. It's like they reconnect in this. And so his friend starts talking to him and tells him about his life. He's a missionary. He's, a, well, he's actually a pastor in an evangelical church. He's loving the Lord. He's, he's, he's leading a church. And this other friend, well, uh, I'm quite a, a scully, you know, kind of thing. I'm not serving the Lord. I've been, been in and out of drug rehab and everything. And so his friend says to him, he says, well, how did you find me? He says, well, it's a bit weird. I know you wouldn't approve of this because you're a Christian, but I went to a spirit medium and she gave me some directions. But she said you had died. So I was a bit confused. And she, he said, oh, 
so you, you, she gave you the, the, the date of my death. And he, and he said, yeah, so can I see the date of your death? And, and, and he showed it to him. It was, I can't remember the date. And the guy just, the pastor just stopped. And he says, look here. And takes his Bible out. And he says, see that date there? It's the date I got baptized. The date I got baptized. That even in the spirit, they recognize the death happening of the flesh. And so that's why the spirit medium was like going, he's dead. Actually, yes, he was dead. He was dead to the flesh, but he was alive in Jesus. He was alive in Jesus. And so there's the celebratory moment of going where he could now share the gospel with his friend. And then his friend came to repentance and came to know the Lord, which is the, the, the incredible part of the story. But that's what happens. When we get baptized, there's a death to the flesh that happens. There's a death. And so it doesn't mean you have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to like, be sinless. Jesus, you, you need to be one who repents and acknowledges that you have got sin. And that without Jesus, without him, you're going to hell. Without acknowledging his incredible work on the cross, you will be separated him, from him for eternity. That is the gospel message. Jesus died for your sins. And he wants you to follow after him. He wants you to repent of your sins, of your way of following your own destiny. Because he has a better destiny for you. He has a better destiny for you. I've loved like, just spending time with Ruth and Graham you know, and watching Ru- uh, Graham come alive. I mean, he gave his life to the Lord last year in August-ish kind of thing. And just even now, leading up to this morning, they're getting baptized this afternoon. He's so excited. He said, so, I can't wait to get baptized. I wish we hadn't left it so long. <laughs> but he's excited to get baptized. Lee as well, getting baptized this morning. What do I need to wear? <laughs> it's okay. Just wear baggies and a t-shirt over your costume. But the, the conviction of what Jesus has done in her heart and just going, man, Jesus, I want to follow after you. I want to give my life to you. Robbie as well, getting baptized. Awesome. I know it's a step of boldness and courage. Go for it. Quibus, Joey, you're my work. Yes, even Kurvis, I, I, I know for him it's been a, even like a, I've got to get my head around this. So what is the difference between being baptized as a baby and baptized now? Well, baby baptism ain't really, I mean, it is baptism, but it's not baptism in Jesus' eyes. It's baptism in man's eyes. But we need to be baptized in Jesus' eyes. And so actually, there's a lot of questions. Can I be baptized again even though I was baptized as a baby? Well, in Jesus' eyes, that's not really baptism. So what's happening today is his first baptism, actually. And that's incredible. I hope you, I hope you haven't changed your mind. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> now you're on the spot. <laughs> Who else? Have, um, have I missed anyone? Hey? Michael, where's he? Mikey. And Zani as well. Getting baptized. Mikey and Zani. Getting baptized. Testimony of what Jesus has done in their hearts and in their lives. Miller, are you sure? Are you sure, sure? Awesome. Man, I'm excited when I, when I look at you guys going, and, and, I, and I do think maybe we need to change something, that we need to not leave so long between the moment you get saved and the moment you get bathed. That gap is too long. <laughs> Can we get back to something more, more original and going, actually, you know what? I got saved. I need to get baptized. 
I need to get baptized. I need to respond to Jesus. I don't need a 10-point sermon on why I need to get baptized. Just be, I need to be obedient. And in that is a moment of faith and trusting that, yes, I'm not perfect. None of us are. Yes, I've still got things I need to work out. Yes, I've still struggled with my thought life or I struggle with sinful habits or patterns. But you know what? I'm trusting in that moment that when I go into the grave, that that all gets left behind. And then when I come out, that won't follow me. <laughs> the death in the water, something significant. <laughs> my wife is my biggest fan at the moment because she loves me lots. <laughs> so you guys that are getting baptized, can I ask you to come and stand up front here? Come stand here with me. And I'm going to say something as well. This is not exclusive to these guys. If, even if I've shared this morning and suddenly you're going, Damn, I didn't bring my costume to church. <laughs> I'll quickly go home and I'll get you a pair. You're welcome to come and join these guys afterwards and get baptized. Really, you are, if there's anyone. But I want us just to take a moment where we recognize just what Jesus has done in these guys' lives. Because they, they standing before you brave, going, man, you know what? We're declaring that we are surrendering our lives totally to Jesus, that we are following after him, and we're going to give him our all. There's no backing out now. <laughs> you're in, you're in. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> like, what did I get <laughs> Can we stand as a body with and we're gonna pray for these guys? And I'm gonna ask Dan if you would pray just over these guys. And maybe I don't want to call everyone up because it's hot and sweaty. We don't need to we don't need to necessarily gather around them. We can reach out our hands. Jesus is no restrictor of time and space kind of thing. But can we reach out our hands towards these guys and as they are standing before us representing just something that the Lord has done and going, man, I want to be obedient. This morning, I am being obedient. I'm committing my life to Jesus. I'm surrendering my all. I'm going down and I'm trusting in faith that as I go down into that water, something significant is going to happen in my life. Something is going to change. Something is going to change. And I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you would begin right now.